Man, I told myself that after seeing Halloween Kills on Friday and how much that movie just gets better and better each time I watch it, I really told myself, I'm like, you know what, this October, I really am trying to stay away from any other fucking slasher movies, man, because Mike got shit set in stone right now. He got it on lock, the box office, streaming service, uh, when I was about to say streaming services, but it's only streaming on Peacock, but he's got that on lock, he's got the Tudor Reviews podcast on lock with the most listens, uh, downloads, and Tudor Reviews podcast history, and I'm grateful for that, man, but... I told myself, I said, no, while while I am on a slasher strike right now, if it ain't Michael, I ain't trying to watch it. Like, if it's not Halloween, Michael Myers, anything, I'll even make an exception for Halloween 3. But I told myself, I'm not watching no slashers, no diss to Jason, no diss to Candyman, even though I will be doing uh, commentary for Candyman soon enough, sooner than later, people. Excuse me. But um, I said, nah, I'll, I'll do commentary for a slasher movie that is not your typical slasher he's never been your typical slasher and that's kind of what set him aside from the rest of you know the the michael myers the jasons the Leatherfaces, the Candymans, the pinheads you know what i'm saying he's always been in a league of his own man because of his backstory because of how the story is crafted throughout the, the first movie throughout the series just the things that this character can do he's not a typical slasher so i'm like you know what i can make an exception for this guy even though he does fall funny enough third on my list of slashers it's michael myers second is jason Voorhees. third is my guy right here freddy krueger now i told myself i've done commentary for what um I wish this was live so y'all can help me out with my own damn memory, but uh, I've done commentary for the first, second, third, fourth, fifth um, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Uh, y'all can check those commentaries out if y'all want to. I think I have I have not, from what I understand, I did not do commentary for Freddy's Dead. I wanted to do it for the anniversary of its release I, for whatever reasons I didn't do it. And I have not done the 2010 remake. I'm not really looking forward to that unless I'm drunk. And I haven't done, you know, if you count Freddy versus Jason, which you can because it's a hybrid film, but it is a part of Freddy's legacy. You can count that. I haven't done commentary for that because I've got a bone to pick with that when I watch it and I want to be ready for it. <clears throat> um, there's a lot of shit to pick apart in that movie. There's a lot wrong with it. This one, however, I said, you know what? I, I will I will give the people out there my thoughts as this movie goes along because this was a game changer, man, and shout out to the, rest in peace shout out rather, to the late, great Wes Craven for writing and directing this movie, New Nightmare, man. Now, for the uninitiated, Wes Craven, Nightmare on Elm Street was his baby back in 1984, and it really blew the doors off the slasher genre because Wes Craven was the one that, while Friday the 13th had really creative kills, and that was kind of the driving force of the movie, um outside of Mrs. Voorhees and the, the backstory of Jason before we actually got Jason, Friday 13th got innovative and creative with the kills. But Freddy Krueger, the thing about him, Wes Craven created a slasher that you really couldn't resist. And I'm talking about resist in a real life physical sense because you can't just not sleep. You know, there's a, a great line by, I can't remember the guy's name, but the actor that does the voice of Roger Rabbit, he's the doctor. 
And he's talking to Nancy. He's like, if you don't dream, you go. And it's like, yeah, you'll go fucking crazy. Maybe die if you don't dream. But in this case, Wes Craven created a character that, you know, you will die if you dream. And I think that was one of the the things that made Freddy Krueger scary. Now, he wasn't necessarily super scary to me. I think the first one's kind of scary. He's definitely scary and intimidating in in the the, uh, second movie. This one is kind of when they said, fuck everything that you know. Um, you know what I'm saying? All these characters you love, all these storylines, the dream warriors and the dream masters and the dream child. Wes Craven was like, you know what? All that shit is cute. But since y'all didn't let me, I'm not saying this is his words exactly. This is just him talking in my mind because y'all didn't let me really have my vision with, you know, having a hand in the script for dream warriors, which he did. He co-wrote that script. I don't know how much of his was in there, how much influence was in there and how much was taken out, but I'm pretty sure it was going to be a much darker film. And um, he's pro- he probably was just like, you know what, fuck y'all, fuck all y'all timelines and all y'all characters, none of that shit exists anymore, what I'm going to do is make a meta movie within a movie, and it's going to throw people off, and it's going to be amazing, Freddy's going to get his balls back finally, ain't going to be all these jokes and all this stand-up comedian shit at the, you know, comic view on BT type of stuff, Freddy's going to be scary again, and he's going to be this malevol- malevolent figure that he originally started off to be, and... While it is controversial, I'm pretty sure it is and still is to this day, I think that was a really ballsy idea and I will forever applaud um, Wes Craven for just taking a chance and making this movie, man, because it's so it's so bizarre, man, and it takes so many risks right away. As soon as you know what the movie is about, it's a, it's a risk in itself, this entire film, but the things that he does throughout the movie is... They're all risky, man, but all of this shit really lands well for me, man. I'm not going to lie. This was the first movie, you know, this was before Wes Craven even did Scream. So Scream owes a lot, even though it's the same director, Scream owes a lot to this shit, man. And all these, um, these, these horror movies that reference themselves and other horror films and shit, these movies within a movie, we got to understand that Wes Craven kind of was the one that did this first, man. I mean, we did have Tom McLaughlin who did, um, you know, Jason lives. That was kind of meta in its own way. But this was different, man. This was different. This will always be different for me. And I will always respect this movie. I know a lot of people don't like it. You know, we agree to disagree. But I definitely think this is one of the more grounded sequels. This is kind of like, and funny enough, this is the seventh sequel. I'm comparing this to a seventh sequel in the Halloween series, which is H2O. Now, as far as like the writing goes, this was more of a grounded sequel. You know, it wasn't all over the place. And as much as I don't, or as much as I, you know, as much as I complain about certain things, a lot of things in H2O, comparing it to the script for Halloween 6, it's a way better crafted script and it's executed a little a, a little bit better uh, it's not a better film than halloween six but i'm just saying as far as them going back to the basics and keeping things grounded and just simplicity but this is not really simplicity per se this is this is pretty complex in a lot of different ways but it works man so recipe shout out to wes craven and um we get heather lane camp back playing herself we get robert england everybody's playing themselves in this movie um except miko huges is in here he plays dylan you know, uh, Heather Lane Camp's son. And if nobody knows who that guy is, he was in, he was Gage in Pet Cemetery. He was in, I think, Mercury Rising with Bruce Willis. He was in Spawn. Um, I would love to see Miko Hughes come back for um, like a sequel to New Nightmare or something. We get John Saxon, rest in peace, shout out to him. David Newsom plays Heather Lane Camp's husband in here. Tracy Middendorf plays um, Julie, who I love. We'll get to Julie when she comes up, people, because we need to jump into this commentary. But, um, yeah, we definitely do because we're almost eight minutes in. But this is the, uh, you know, there's there's no director's cut that I know of with extended scenes and all that other shit. So this is the theatrical version. 
of New Nightmare, man. And that's just in case y'all are tuning in with me. And y'all know if y'all are tuning in, y'all are the true Tudor Reviews MVP. So with that being said, people, let's jump into this commentary for Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I'll hit the play button in three, two, one. I actually hit it a little bit after one. My bad. I fucked up. I fucked up, man. I'm human. Don't judge me. All right. Now, hopefully this copy, uh, I don't watch this often, and I don't know what type of condition uh, this movie's really in. Damn, this shit's loud. But uh, I've got, like, the box set with all seven movies and that bonus disc on there, so I, you know, I don't know, it's, I don't really watch them all too often, so hopefully this does not skip. If it does, I'll let you guys know, and I'll edit it out the best way I can. Dope ass opening too, man. Yeah, and, and I could only imagine how it threw people off with just Freddy making a brand new glove. Not even a glove, a hand. A mechanical hand with razors on all five of the fingers. Not four, but five. Count them five. And that fucking hand, that mechanical hand is insane. I wish I knew who these two actors' names were because they don't even have them listed like where I'm looking. Um, Chuck and Terry. But uh, the one guy, I don't know which one is Chuck and which one's Terry, but the one that has the, the, the hand, the Freddy hand right there, he looks like D.B. Sweeney from Fire in the Sky and Cutting Edge and Hear No Evil and shit. I wonder whatever happened to D.B. Sweeney. I actually like the guy. He's one of them 90s guys. I, I just really wish I was in the theater for this, man, because I know people were probably like, what the fuck is happening? Was he eating Twizzlers? That thing puts bread on our table. Is it alive, Daddy? Heather, you're Might in the next well shot. Might as well be, Dylan. State-of-the-art animatronics enhanced with bioorganic grafting, full tendons, nerve bundles from a live Doberman. <laughs> hey, now. Why is that funny? Oh, fuck. Damn. Yo, Freddy's fucking hand was running around like a cat at 2 a.m. That shit just scurried off somewhere. Oh, 
I love that shot of the hand just tapping on the the table leg like that. And I love how Dylan, every shot that they had of him, like when you cut away and they show him again, he's getting in his PJs more and more. God damn. You sound like an animal. I don't know how many of y'all like um, have ever been in an earthquake before. I have not, but I don't think I want to. I'm not sure anybody wants to really, but I can only imagine how insane that must be. Because I know in certain in certain parts of the world, they they get them regularly, like it's, you know, like it's normal or something. And it is for some some places. I remember one time I was living in Germantown and everybody, it was all over the news that we got an aftershock of an earthquake and everybody around the way was like, oh my God, y'all didn't feel that? I literally, I was wide awake, y'all. I think I had just came home from work and um, actually, no, I did not. Actually, no, 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 no. I remember this because I had got off of work and I think, no, I was living in Albany at the time because I had got off of work and I went down Germantown to see my mom and there was some type of aftershock or something like i'm just sitting in a chair and i'm like i was texting everybody they were like yo did you feel that and these are people that live in the neighborhood i'm just like i didn't fucking feel anything people are sheep man they just love to be a part of something i didn't feel no aftershock is all i'm saying This dude's a cool actor, man. Um, the guy that plays Chase, I, I like him in this movie. I don't know what else I've seen him in. This is breakfast, not arts and crafts. Dylan looked at her like, leave me the fuck alone. Did you get any sleep last night? Okay, time to get dressed. I'm late. You going away? Oh. For a few hours, Julie will be with you. Anything other than I'm not gonna lie. I just I just tripped out just now, people. Uh, I, I just looked out my window because I it sounded like somebody was. I I'm not saying this to try to be fucking funny at all, and I'm not trying to use no puns. Literally, sound like somebody was clawing at the window just now. So I don't know if this movie is opening up a a, a portal or a dream world or something. Let's hope not. Okay. Actually, hold on, man, because I got. I'm not. I'm tripping, y'all. That was actually my neighbor out back. Oh, it was nothing. It was... You and I were working on this movie together for once, and 
I wish somebody would come clawing at my window. I got this big ass another monster energy drink. I wish they would. I wish they would. I love them. The, these two as a uh, as as husband and wife, I'd really like them together in this movie. Okay. I think I can survive two days in Palm Springs, supplying soap bubbles for a detergent commercial, don't you? I guess so. You guess so. There you go. That's how you do it. You guess so. You know, you ask her again to make sure she's sure. Tell her to come here. Boom, going for the smooch. I'll be back in no time. Then you tell her you'll be back in no time, and then you end up dying at some point. Yep, that's how it goes. I love what you've done with the place. <laughs> it's your fucking house, too, asshole. We'll both be going half on damages. Ah, and I like that his, you know, his name is Chase, and his coffee mug was his production company or his effects company called Cut to the Chase. I love that. I think I'm just a nerd for this movie because while it's a movie within a movie, a lot of it is showing like it, it takes place on a set. All these people are creators and creatives. As if there's a fucking difference. Whoa, 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 bro. I would have just shook him real quick. Like, shut the fuck up! I am so glad that my six-year-old does not act like Dylan. And she watches horror movies. My daughter loves horror movies. You know, she is... <laughs> she's her father's daughter, but... Certain shit I will not let her watch. Like, if she asked me to watch Halloween Kills this weekend, I, I would not let her watch that. It's just too fucking violent. There's no sex in there or anything, but I, that's just too much. Telling you, man, every time I'm recording, it was actually M right hitting me up again. Julie, it's, it's a fucking Freddy Krueger movie, so you know anybody can get it, man. You know, if Kristen, Joey, and Kincaid, the last of the Elm Street children, just get wiped the fuck out in the beginning of part four, 
after surviving part three. Anybody can go, but Julie got done dirty, man, because she's. Whoa. His ma'am. She. Julie is hands down one of the best characters in the entire franchise. Especially the hospital sequence at the end before she gets killed. She's fucking great. And she's protective over Dylan. Why she apologized? Like Nancy was her Nancy, like Heather was her mom or something. I really want Miko Hughes back as Dylan, as an adult version of Dylan for a sequel to New Nightmare where Freddy is in the real world invading people's dreams. I want that shit. I want them to make another ballsy move and kill Heather Langenkamp off in the movie and just have Freddy going after Dylan. Maybe Dylan's a parent now. Maybe Heather's a grandmother. Um, <clears throat> something along the lines of that. But that all depends when you know things are settled and they can actually make another freddy krueger movie i don't really remember what the fucking holdup is for the for the franchise in general like i don't think it's in any legal troubles like friday the 13th is right now but freddy should have been had another movie especially after the remake i was not they dropped the ball with that shit man bad the tone was great and jackie o'harely i think is a really he got a lot of shit for playing freddy krueger in the remake i don't think he did a bad job i think jackie o'harely did everything he was supposed to do and then some he was not trying to be robert england which is what he would anybody stepping in you know the, the glove and the fedora should have done you don't want to try to duplicate robert england because people will hate you even more but i feel like uh jackie o'harely as freddy he didn't he didn't have a fucking script a director nor a super solid cast to work with like i didn't give a shit about any of those elm street kids i didn't feel like the stakes were high freddie was scary and intimidating but i don't know man that that that's that remake you know it was the first time director who was a music video guy and he recreated a whole bunch of shots with shitty cg like it was such a fumble man and i feel bad because jackie o'haley did not it was not his fault at all man i would bring him back for another freddy movie as well with the exception of one and three i pretty much stayed out of it and uh well you know i'm doing a lot more television now so those hours let me spend a lot more time with my husband and my little boy that's right you have a little boy what's his name 
Dylan. With Dylan, d does that change your feeling, your perspective about horror movies? No, not really. I mean, would you let him see one of your movies? My side? <laughs> no. I I'm sure people ask you this all the time. Is there going to be another sequel? And, and what's more, is Freddy really dead? Fuck you gonna ask me that on national television like I don't have contractual agreements and shit. Nightmare One. Would you trust him alone with Dylan? Robert? I don't know. You know what? Why, why don't we ask him how he'd feel about it? We've got a big surprise for you, Heather, and for our audience. Let's bring him out. He is the best of the bad. Let's say hello to Robert Anglin. <laughs> she was terrified. I, lo I love her reaction because she laughed it off and then she looked down like, holy shit, I almost just had a heart attack. See, Freddie's makeup here looks great. Freddie's makeup here, like when, when he's actually dressed up as Freddie for this TV show, it looks better than it did in Freddie's Dead, better than it did in um, The Dream Child. Kind of looks better than it did in the Dream Master. I honestly think the best makeup for Freddy is uh, um, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. That's a great shot, and I love that they slowed it down. Did she just steal somebody's grape? Heather Langkamp, uh, I'm not going to lie, she looks great in this movie, man. Like the whole businesswoman thing. And I love those shades that uh, Robert Englund's got. That is such a smooth motherfucker, man. Everybody fucking hits me up when I'm recording. God damn. Was that the real New Line Studios or what? Bob Shea, ladies and gentlemen, who has gone on record, on camera, to say that New Line Cinema is the house that Freddie built, which is great. I love that. I love that Freddy Krueger is to, you know, Robert Shea, what 
Halloween and Michael Myers are to, you know, John Carpenter. Look, Heather, let me cut to the chase. Now, Jason Blum, of course. The definitive nightmare. I thought you killed Freddy off. We did. Funny thing about Bob Shado, Bob Shay's been in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. He was the bartender at that, you know, that SM joint that Jesse went to. He's the one that had like the fucking uh he had them leather arm bands on or whatever. And um he's in he's the teacher, I think, in Nightmare on Elm Street 4. He's the guy giving out the bus tickets in um, Freddy's dead. He pops up more than a couple times in the series. Right in the middle of the script. Jimmy's having nightmares again. Well, he's, he's very excited about it. The nightmares? Nope, sweetie, the script. And you should be too because you're the star. Yeah, uh, did y'all... Y'all didn't think to talk to me first about this? But I have a kid now and... It is flattering, though, that somebody has you in mind for, you know, a role before you even get wind about it. Thank you so much, Pop. I have other things happening. Heather, look, I promise you we'll match any offer that's on the table for you. Damn. New Line got that long money. He's like, listen, I don't give a fuck what they offered you. We'll match it and then some. Look, we got Chase working on a prototype for the new glove. It's really I know we we ask him to kind of keep it as a surprise until until you and I could have this conversation. You just put that man in the doghouse. Bob, how long has Wes been working on this script? I don't know, a couple months. Why? And since you've been thinking of making it, has anything funny happened? What do you mean? Like weird phone calls. Because it's Ghostface, the same reason everybody else doesn't like to answer their phone. Someone pick up the damn phone. Wouldn't it be crazy if Dylan was in there screaming because he was whooping Julie's ass? Or she was whooping his ass? I'm not gonna lie to y'all, that was the best Daffy Duck impression I have ever heard. My daughter woke up like that one time in the middle of the night. She woke up kicking and screaming. And I think she said she was fighting off somebody, like a monster or something in her dream. And I was just like, oh my God. Like, Hence why I'm very cautious about what I let my daughter watch. Um... Cause I went through that, man. Like I loved horror movies, and it's not like when I had nightmares. You know, my grandparents or my mom when I was a kid, they didn't go like, "Okay, no more horror movies." It's like they didn't do that, but certain shit would. You know, I used to have nightmares about zombies, not necessarily monsters. I can think of like I used to have nightmares about Chop Top from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, clowns, 
You know what I'm saying? Like a whole bunch of shit. If it's too bad, I'll wake myself up. Sharks and shit. Like anytime I'm in the water, um, that's a rat. I ha- I have to wake myself up. I remember having a nightmare way before the Meg came out. This was in like 2014. And these people, and I must have been the stupidest black person in fucking movie history. Because in the dream, these people, this this crew, I was on a crew of people on a boat. And they were like, okay, well, you go down and, and get the rest of the survivors out. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. And I went down, and then the boat started flooding. And then, I'm telling y'all, outside the boat, the entire boat, while it's sinking, was the mouth of a fucking megalodon shark. The shark was bigger than the boat was, and the boat was literally sinking into the shit's mouth, so I woke myself right up. It's like, Heather, you're calling me at work for this bullshit? Like, like what? Like Freddy. Heather, has there been another phone call? Jason, why didn't you tell me you're working on a new glove? And why aren't Chuck and Terry at work today? Forget those clowns, Heather, answer me. Has there been another phone call today or not? He had to put his foot down. Damn, that soon, huh? Daddy, I gotta go. What's up, Chase? My kid's sick. I gotta fly. That's why I'm mad Chase had to check out, man, because he just took instant action. Yo, man, I gotta roll my kid. And the glove just crept its way on into Chase's truck somehow. As soon as the sun was up, the witch made Gretel fetch the Their house is great, though. I love the pool. Excuse me. And I swear Dylan has the same, you know, night like that, you know, the thing with the dinosaurs rotating on the inside of it. I swear that's the one Danny had on, uh, wait, no, it's not. I think Danny just had like a, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. All I remember is a glow in the dark dinosaur in Halloween 6. Was it a dinosaur? I don't, listen, people. This monster is doing me in right now. Stupid girl, shouted the witch, rushing up to the oven. The opening is big enough. See, I can fit myself. Then quickly, Gretel came behind and pushed with all her might, plunging the wicked That's another movie I gotta watch, uh, do a first-time commentary to, is, uh, Gretel and Hansel. That's enough. The witch held like a skull again. But Gretel ran and lifted there in a First of all, if you know this goddamn book word for word, what, why am I reading this to you, man? Take your ass to bed. It's important. First of all, you're three years old. You don't know what importance is, motherfucker. Yeah, um, and it's time for a new book tomorrow night because you've read this shit one time too many without me. 
this is a really sweet scene though they've got moments that are like really sweet uh with the two of them because they really genuinely feel like mother and son and even though it, she is playing herself heather langenkamp we still see nancy we see nancy as a parent so it's like there's so many double entendres in this movie that i can appreciate Now, if I remade this movie, I would make I would replace Rex with Reptar from the Rugrats, and I would probably get sued by was what's that series coming on Paramount Plus or something? These old bones, people. These knuckles are even old. Now that toy he had on the ground, that robot. What what was the name of that robot? I can't remember. It was a toy back in the day. And I, I can't remember. This one probably, <clears throat> to compare this to H2O again, um, this one probably had the most emotion and heart behind it. You know, it's it's way more than just a horror movie at its core. If I get another fucking text message about nothing, damn, dog. I don't think I've ever, like, anytime I've driven, I don't think I've ever swerved like that before. Uh, well, then again, I can't talk because I actually did something that was worse than a swerve. But, uh, well, we survived. I'll leave it at that. I think I told that story before, but, you know, y'all gonna have to dig through the episodes to find that shit out. fucking freak like why you gonna scratch his nuts freak ass dream slasher he about to oh my god this is vicious what he about to do to chase though oh my god fuck terrible Terrible, terrible, terrible. And the crazy thing is, Freddy don't waste no motherfucking time in no movie. The second you doze, you in his world. The second you doze. The moment you are into that sleep, it doesn't matter if it's a millisecond or what. The moment you sleep, it ain't going to be no, like, y'all ever drift off and 
like your head just starts to drop down and you kind of just huh, what and you kind of just like come back to your senses the, there won't be no coming back to your senses you the moment you start dreaming you're fucked oh i love that dolly zoom they just did on heather langer camp that's dope i forget that they even used that in this movie I'm sorry, people. I love a dolly zoom, man. And I know I probably said this in pat in the past episodes. I learned how to do a dolly zoom on a little hand mini camera. Swear to God, uh, I really want to say it was November 30th, 2013. And I think it was the same day Paul Walker passed away because I remember we were in there watching. We were literally in there watching Fast and Furious, um, one and two, because they kept playing them back to back. And uh, I learned how to, you know, you basically just, you pull away while you're zooming in or you zoom in. No, you zoom in while you're pulling back. So it kind of just, it creates this fucking, it's just such a, like a brain warp type of shot, man. I love a good dolly zoom in any movie. One of the best dolly zooms I've seen in cinematic history is the super slow dolly zoom in Goodfellas when... When uh, Robert De Niro and Ray Liotta are in the diner and they're sitting across from each other and it's so slow, you almost don't even notice it unless you look at what's behind them. You know what I'm saying? Like it was so subtly used by by Scorsese, man, that you really almost miss it the entire time it's happening. And it's a long ass dolly zoom like they time it so perfectly. See, this is why I said this this movie does things that no other Nightmare on Elm Street movie has done. You know, Heather Langenkamp is going in to identify her husband in the morgue. Because sometimes, sometimes characters die. I mean, in Nightmare on Elm Street movies, you do kind of feel the deaths more than any other slashers. But sometimes, a lot of times in slasher movies, when people die, there's no, you know, there's no aftermath. You don't know how people feel about it afterwards because it's just, it's a body count constant, nonstop. But this was like a different level of god damn. Chase Porter. That body whole chest is exposed right there. Bleh. Now this dude, I don't know how many Wes Craven movies he was in, but he is a familiar. He was the cop in Vampire in Brooklyn, the one that's got the dog and he's like killer loves to bite. Everybody get back and then uh Maximilian makes the dog just fly into the air and set on fire. You couldn't close his eyes, bro? She's looking like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait a fucking minute. I'd like to see once again. I'm sorry? Even for a coroner, he's pretty... Pretty freaked out by it. More, please. He's like, uh, ma'am, if you're trying to look at your husband's penis, this is hardly the time. It was a bad wreck, ma'am. The head's gonna be all right for the funeral home. Damn. Lady, you okay? You sure? He's good in the one scene he's into. Not being in, well, exactly top shape. 
That's true. What he said. Sometimes we what we don't see. That's what gets us through. Cause it's like it's it's self torture, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna lie to y'all, man. It, it really is self torture. It's it's better not to know sometimes. I remember one of my best friends that that got shot and killed in 2005. I remember years later, like you know, I I still grieve about him, man. Still miss him to this day. But oh wait, that was Tuesday night in the background. I forgot she was in this. John Saxon, Nick Corey, or actually Sue Garcia, as he goes by. But I remember my friend was shot and killed in 2005, and years later, I'm not. I shit y'all not, man. I went online and read the police report of how the whole shooting went down, because I got the gist of it, you know, when I read the the article in the paper. But um. When I read the police report, it just made it 10 times worse because it, I kept telling myself, I'm like, yo, this could have been avoided in so many different fucking ways, but it wasn't. And just the details that they that they get into in police reports, it really fucked me up even more than, you know, y'all get what I'm saying. So sometimes, yeah, it is best not to know. God damn, that is a that shot is nightmare fuel. Pun intended. God. And this made it even worse. Chase dead bodies about to be crying blood. God. She start beating the shit out the casket. John Saxon's amazing, man. Thank God he got way more to do in this than he did in um uh, the Dream Warriors, because I, I it was always good seeing John Saxon in the Dream Warriors. And um, I always feel like he got done dirty too in that movie. That motherfucker popped up like his own jump scare. Robert England, and I've said this, man. Robert England's scary with or without the Freddy makeup. Wes Craven's looking like, am I still direct? Am I in charge here? This little nigga's watching a TV that is unplugged, yo. That's some crazy Wi-Fi they got in that crib right there. Peter? 
Damn, it got dark outside fast as hell. I feel like I'm trying to avoid Freddy myself. Like, I'm really, like, slow sipping this tall-ass thermos of monster. And I'm just trying to savor it through this commentary. Plus, I still want to do commentary for The Conjuring 3 um, later on tonight. Which I'll probably drop tomorrow. Yeah, I'll probably drop it tomorrow. I don't want to overwhelm y'all with a shit ton of episodes today. Now, I wonder, did he mean to bump into that chair like that? Or was that a blooper? Listen, Dylan, alright, you, you might get sent away if you keep fucking around, alright, son? No, Mommy, I can't sleep there. Oh. You have to sleep. She should have just slapped him like, shut the fuck up! Don't you ever say that shit again. Did you hear that on that movie? Did you answer the phone? Dylan, where did you hear that song? Miko Hughes is probably top five child actors. I put him up there like with with Daniel Harris in Halloween five and um Heather O'Rourke. Rest in peace, shout out to her from uh, Poltergeist. That is an episode list right there. I, You know, that's the idea. The top five or top ten child... I'll probably do top five and narrow it down. Child actors. Definitely got Miko Hughes, Daniel Harris, Heather O'Rourke. I mean, would we count kind of different age bracket? But, well, not really, because Tommy Jarvis was... Was he the same age as... No, I think he was a little bit older than Jamie Lloyd was supposed to be in Halloween 4. But I would put Corey Feldman up there. In the final chapter. See, and this is a real conversation, man. I love how that tear just fell from her eye just while she's just regularly talking. That is, um, it's a, you know, when kids, as kids get older, all my parents out there, y'all can attest to this. They're, they're, first of all, they're sponges to begin with, but they become very fucking inquisitive, man. Like they want to know, they want to ask questions. I won't get into crazy details, but, um, I remember when, a relative of my daughter's passed away having that conversation with her and explaining to her that that person wasn't coming back and that you know you can still talk to that person they they just won't respond the way you want them to you won't see them maybe if you dream x you know and so on and so forth that is a very hard conversation i'm telling y'all I'm, I'm gonna keep it a being with y'all right now like that shit brought tears to my eyes having a conversation about like death and 
God and heaven and stuff like that with my six year old. Shit got real, man. And that I love that this this movie has so much weight to it. A lot of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies don't have that that emotional weight to it. Not like this, man. That's why I say I will always, you know, there's there's a group of people out here that don't uh, probably a pretty big group that don't like this movie. I actually like this movie a lot. I can I can look past, you know, with, with the context that they put in here, I can look past the fact that they got they basically discarded. They reconned everything in this movie. None of that should exist. Like, they didn't even say, let's do a direct sequel to this or that. They just said, fuck everything. This is exactly what it is. You're not just saying that to help a crazy friend cope, are you? Everything about Dylan's behavior is understandable. For a kid who just lost his father. True. How does a child process a thing like that? Very true. I've not been able to process it very well myself. And you're not crazy, by the way. Seeing Freddy in that grave feels pretty crazy. And then jumping in. You didn't jump in. That's my memory. It seemed absolutely real. Seemed, not was. I'd be like, well, maybe you are crazy a little bit, but family, you know, you're still my homie. A very close relative died in an institution. Really? Well, if having a screwy family made a person crazy... The whole world would be one big then. This is very true. Yo, John Saxon dropping them gems right now. They that's true also. God damn it, Wes, for writing this script, man. Come on. Kids do know, man. Dylan's fucking nuts because I'm telling y'all, I'm, I still am afraid of heights. But even as a kid, like, ain't no, nah, I ain't doing all that. You're hurting, but you're fine, and you're definitely not crazy. My worst fear, that whatever madness is in my family, I have. And the the the, the look at the mother back there. She, they, everybody just watching. Nobody's like, yo, your kid's about to fucking kill himself. I'd have just calmly tapped her, like, excuse me, um, does your son have wings under that jacket? Because he's up there. Damn. That was a grown-ass stunt double falling off that thing. Yeah, he's a G. Damn it, Dylan. While all the fucking adults at the park just watched. 
What type of, I almost said, what type of people do they got living in Springwood? But I keep forgetting this is not, you know, this is a, a movie within a movie. So there's no Springwood. But they really watch, though. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I keep eyes on my daughter at all times when she's at the park. But I, like, if I see somebody else's kid, like, climbing something really high, and maybe their parents or who, their guardian, whoever, is not paying attention, I'll, like, I'll shout out to them, like, hey, like, then I'll just point, And they'll be like, oh, no, they're cool. They do that shit all the time. They climb on the roof. and It was a very interesting ring. Again. And he's putting stuff in my mail again. The anthrax. Y'all remember we had that anthrax scare that one year or two? People were getting powdery substances in the mail and stuff. It's probably just cocaine. <laughs> he's offended by that. He's like, so what you trying to say? I wasn't scary in part one or two? More evil. Yeah. How did you know? Call it a guess. Pretty damn good guess. Anyway, what I was calling about was... Have you seen any of the script by any chance? I've been like, Heather, um, why are you so loud? I won't show it until he's finished. At least that's what he told me. Well, when is it going to be done? Why would he ask him about the script at a fucking funeral? Like, that is hardly the place. Chest of Souls. He like, please. Even in a meta movie within a movie, I ain't going nowhere, sis. I do like that painting of Freddy. It, it's almost abstract in a way. Um, I'm a big art nut, but um, I, I do like that painting. Took a lot of liberties with the look of Freddy. Whole crib on tilt. The lamps is leaning. Dylan sleepwalking. There's a madhouse in there. Now, how many of y'all out there have ever, you know, have y'all ever sleepwalked? Sleepwalked. Am I saying it right? Sleep. Have y'all ever did that before? Shit, I'm not going to say it wrong and just be completely wrong. Like, have y'all ever did that before? I don't think I have. I've, uh, I've talked in my sleep before. 
I think my daughter had a sleepwalking case one time. I think she did. Short-lived, but thank God. Oh, I love this part. Because I, I love how clean the blades are as they're ripping through the sheets like that. And I love how Heather is just such a heavy sleeper that she doesn't hear any of this shit. I'm not gonna lie to y'all, I do like this version of Freddy's glove, but I would have much rather had throughout the entire movie that Metal John that they had in the beginning. Dylan in the kitchen playing with knives and shit. What a waste of good sheets. I'm not gonna lie though, the way those sheets are clawed, that's how the sheets are supposed to look after you have some really banging ass sex. That's worth it, but not having a nightmare. Don't fuck your sheets up having a nightmare. Dylan's in there making a, a, a homemade glove. He about to look like the eight-year-old version of Lady Deathstrike from X-Men and shit. I'm telling you, if he would have pulled pulled them, you know, them them uh them knives out on his fingers, he Dylan would have got punched in the face. I'm sorry. Punched right in the face. I'm talking square to nose. I'd have been like, son, I'm sorry. We'll talk about it in the morning over breakfast, but you you gotta go. Shit. I mean, at least he upgraded. He went from using a scalpel on Dale McDiff in Pet Cemetery to using finger knives. Literal finger knives. I know Nancy, I know Heather was going through stuff in this movie, but Dylan's kind of the one who's really, really fucked up in this movie. Heather's just caught in the crossfire of all of this. Dylan's a big Scrabble fan. He put all them letters together. Too much going on. <laughs> at this point, I'm like, I'm telling you, I need some R and R in a padded cell for a weekend. At that point, no. Now this lady, this this actress, um, plays the nurse. She gets on my fucking nerves, man. Um. She reminds me 
of an evil librarian or something. When I was in elementary school, there was this library right across the street from our from our school, and we used to go there. It was a woman named Miss Stevenson. She used to read to us every Wednesday, and um, she's like an evil version of that librarian. Cause she's acting like Heather don't have no fucking say so about her own kid. Like, are you a fucking, are you a doctor, nurse, or are you a damn detective? Mind your business, lady. She don't believe a damn word Heather's saying. I can't stand this doctor. God, I can't stand this woman. That's Lynn Shea right there. Who plays the other nurse. I just, I, I can't stand this lady. She's just like, Mrs. Langenkamp, have you ever done drugs? Because if you haven't, I've got the good shit in my bag. Like just every fucking line that comes out of that woman's mouth. I just, almost oh, just like somebody please. Get her off screen. See the 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 heavy weight of this movie, man. The emotional stakes of this movie. We've never we've never gotten this in a Nightmare on Elm Street film. Listen, I'm all for people helping, but you ain't keeping my child against his will or mine. Fuck that. Because I burn this bitch down. I get every man, woman, and child out this hospital, you know, for safety, but I will burn this bitch down. Don't play with me when it comes to my child. I'm trying to tell y'all, man, I don't fuck around with stuff like that. Lynn Shea is amazing, yo. She's such a, she's such a, she's horror royalty as well. You know, I put her up there with the Daniel Harris's and, you know what I'm saying? Sid Haig and all that. You know, the people that we see reoccur in a shit ton of horror movies. Lynn Shea is awesome. She was also in a Nightmare on Elm Street, the original one. She was, I think she was the teacher. She was the teacher when uh, Nancy has the nightmare in class. Dylan's so smart. He said, y'all ain't doping me up with these pills. I ain't into that. That's what, um, you know, Lori Strode took notes from him in Halloween Resurrection because she was not letting people dope her up either. 
She had all those fucking pills in that raggedy end, doll. live there man like i could not live anywhere where earthquakes are just normal you know what i'm saying like what you supposed to do you supposed to just keep relocating over town you supposed to you know just keep spending like thousands of dollars in repairs for your house and shit if that's the case like nah man if you even survive the earthquake because a lot of them jones are deadly like like thousands of people hundreds of thousands of people die in those things it's no fucking way i could live there like natural disasters that's another one of my fears people like <clears throat> y'all know i talk a lot about the the foundation in which this show is built on is horror movies don't get me wrong and while some horror movies scare me like you know sea monsters zombies certain slashers but natural disasters like in really real world life scare the shit out of me because there sometimes there's no chance you will survive that's why i don't watch like like Roland Emmerich for some reason just only directs disaster movies. I don't like watching shit like Armageddon, Deep Impact, Dante's Peak, Volcano, 2012, The Day After Tomorrow, Twister, like all that type of shit really genuinely terrifies me because it's the closest to art imitating life that you're going to get for real, for real. I mean, of course, killers and shit happen like there's serial killers out active today. But natural disasters are something you can't stop. They have a, just a mind of their own. This is still a script we're talking about, right, Liz? Damn, that's a fly-ass crib. In this nightmare in progress, then, does this thing have any weaknesses? It's a little too sterile see-through for me. I don't mean sterile as in clean. I mean, like, uh, it's... I don't know. I just all right. Let me not say sterile. I'll prefer the 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 word uh, see through. Like the genie in the bottle. Exactly. Like your ba- Like like he fucking living in the thirteen ghost glass house or something. Like I don't want that many windows just exposed. Now if I've got property, sure. But even crazy people find their way to your property. Especially them TMZ motherfuckers. They they they'll pay the guard and hop the fence right beforehand. He's been held captive pretty much as Freddy in the Nightmare on Elm Street series, but now that the films have ended, the genie's out of the bottle. That's, that's what the nightmares are telling me. Yo, man, <clears throat> I swear to y'all, Wes Craven just never lost his cool, yo. If you listen to, like, in this box that I've got, Wes Craven does commentary no, for both this movie and the original Nightmare on Elm Street. And I've also listened to the commentary he's done for Scream with Kevin Williamson. He talks exactly like that, whether it's a violent scene or an exciting scene with a lot of action and violence. Um, he talks just like this. 
He's just like, yeah, we shot this scene uh, in spring of 1912. and uh, He's just super. He was so cool, man. Like, I really wish I could have met and interviewed Wes Craven. That would have been awesome. crazy crazy thing i'm about to tell y'all too um and i'm not bullshitting y'all i'm keeping it all the way of being the day they announced west craven died i took a picture <clears throat> i was at my daughter's mom's house uh, at the time and i remember taking a picture with this freddy krueger mask on and the caption said i woke up like this and i had the mask on and that was it but that same day was when they they announced Wes Craven had passed away, and it was just such a fucking creepy thing. I feel like the shit I'm talking like this is a heavy episode. I feel like, and I feel like I'm going off the deep end with the stuff I'm saying. Like I'm opening up a a movie within a movie type of realm in my own world. I don't know if that made sense, but y'all like if y'all have been following this commentary, it's been getting a little bit strange. Oh, I see that Stephen King book in the background. I can't see what book it is. Is that Carrie? Or is that Cujo? And and everything they were saying is in the script that he's writing. That's some, that's weird. That's very weird. It's weird in a good way that you know that is creepy. His script is coming to life. I'm not gonna lie, that is that is sexy right there. The fact that she's just in bed, shit ton of books scattered all over her bed, and she's just doing her research. That is, look, people, I'm a big ass geek and a bookworm on top of that, so that shit is attractive right there. And there was nothing in that coffee mug. She was not drinking anything. This is actually a perfect movie for me right now. I don't mind how weird the, the, the commentary is getting, how relevant the commentary is getting because, um, or how reflective. Because I also, you know, I tell y'all all the time, prior to this commentary, I've said this before, my, my sleeping habits suck. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think I have insomnia per se, but I'm trying to tell y'all, man, I toss. And when I can't even toss comfortably, I'll just stay up. And I'll just run on fumes for the rest of the day. How tough must it be to be a news anchor? Like, they all talk like that. In today's news, we understand that someone was murdered. Like, they all have to, like, there's a certain emphasis you have to put on certain words. It's like if I was a news anchor, if I talk like a news anchor for the podcast, like in today's episode, we will be talking New Nightmare directed by Wes Craven. Like that that's how all news anchors talk, yo. Reporters, all of that shit. 
I should do that for an entire episode. I really want to start doing like segments, like spoofs and stuff like that. Because <clears throat> there's a shit ton of ideas written down, but it's just all about executing them the right way. So I haven't, I haven't like jumped the gun and done any of them yet. Segments will be on the way, people. Once we hit this 10K, I'm trying to tell y'all things are gonna things may get a little different. Um, they may get a little different for the, for for the better. What a waste of coffee. Shit. Freddie's showing off. He got a new glove, new sweater, leather pants, new boots. He said, I am back, bitches. Freddie got them leather pants from that SM bar from uh, part two. She looked like she was about to kiss him. Those slashes in the wall are a nice touch. I don't think I need chloroseptic throat spray, but damn. See, Julie is the fucking MVP, man. Is he all right? He's holding well. He had some problems. He's in an oxygen tent just now. Oh my god. Heather. She didn't even say yes. See? So pushy. I can't stand this lady. These have been a few inches nearer the wrist. What did you say you cut yourself on? I didn't. You nosy motherfucker. But these look quite fresh. Well, she is a doctor, nurse, whatever, so I, I get it, but mind your business, lady. It happened just 15 minutes ago. You must have felt it. Guess we looked out over here. No. Your son she was in a faculty lounge getting high. Apparently terrified of a man. Someone he thinks is going to come out of his bed. <laughs> One of the nurses heard him talking to himself. And to himself? Why does she say it like that? I forgot to bring his dinosaur Rex. He keeps Freddy from coming up out of his... Oh, you just slipped up. The man from your films... Freddy Krueger with the claws. Is that who he's afraid of? 
she be acting like she tries to be more of a fucking psychiatrist than an actual doctor. He's like Santa. You better pick an occupation up in there. Yes. Well, interesting talking with you, Miss Lightning Cat. My concerns are simply for the welfare of your son. Sure, they are. Why would they do that in front of his mother, though? She said, how's he doing? And the black nurse was just kind of like, let's not talk about it right here because she's literally right behind us, bitch. Whole hospital full of assholes. Meanwhile, they got my young boy fucking surrounded in saran wrap like he gonna spoil or something. God, I can't stand this hospital. This shit is the worst. How creepy is that? <laughs> Dylan. Honey. It's not Dylan. You shouldn't do that. Spit it out. Oh my god. Oh, projectile vomit at that. Shit. This movie, this shit is all over the place, man. <laughs> that nurse is like, that sounds familiar. Dumbass hospital, dumbass staff. Why wouldn't they wake her up if they were transferring her son? Transporting her son, rather. Bullshit, man. Yo, I'm telling y'all, I'd have been. Whew, I'd have been in there snapping, yo. Let me tell y'all a little story right quick. The night my daughter was born, right? Her birthday is April 2nd, but I was a little nervous because I'm like, I do not want her to be an April Fool's baby. So after midnight, you know what I'm saying? Um. They took my daughter's mom in for delivery. And they're like, okay, we'll be right back for you. And da da da. I'm telling y'all, when five minutes, ten minutes passed, I said, listen, if these motherfuckers don't come get me and if I miss the birth of my child, I will fuck somebody up in here. But when, after she was born, they kept taking her in, in and out the room and shit to make sure she's fine. I'm just like, yo, like, where are y'all going with my child? What are y'all doing in here? But that hospital staff was amazing, man. I remember um, this little girl dressed as a bunny rabbit came into our room and brought us uh, flowers and balloons. And that was like 
I got emotional as fuck. That was some of the sweetest shit ever. Are you okay, Jim? But this hospital, on the other hand, the bad getting close. this hospital sucks. We're gonna go get Rex right now. I'm afraid Dylan should stay. Oh, she's got the rogue striped hair now. Now, is it just me or I swear to God, in the third movie, did they put Nancy's streak, her gray streak of hair, on the wrong side of her head? Because it's on the left side in this, and I swear in Nightmare on Street 3, it's on the right side. I tell you what, I'm going to go home and get Rex for you right now. You know that home isn't far from here, right? Oh, down to the wire with this monster energy, people. So I won't be gone long. Julie, she's going to stay right here with you. You bet. Hurry up, please. You know what? I'm sitting here talking shit about how... My sleeping habits suck, but here I am <laughs> in the evening drinking an energy drink, and no wonder why I'll be up for hours now. Julie, don't let him out of your sight. Dear, your hair's turning gray. Julie, keep him awake. Understand? Julie's so cool, she could have been one of the original, she could have easily been in one of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And I wouldn't have felt any different. She would have been great. That nurse right there, the one that the black lady was talking to, she looked like Miss Man from Scary Movie, the one whose nuts came out of the skirt. Miss Man. Yo, are y'all a fu Yo, I'm telling you, all these... <sighs> Woo! One, two, three. One, two, three. His mom said, keep him awake. You do not have her consent to put him to sleep. These... God, I can't stand these motherfuckers in this hospital. This is when Julie shines for me. I mean, she's always been great throughout the movie, but she's she really shines in this sequence. I said no. Do it. Ooh, and you heard it go into his arms. Fucking nasty. He'll be asleep in no time. I get lightheaded when I get needles. I'll be ready to pass out. Damn. That's right. Hey, you can't do that. Yeah, you can. Well, I know what's in that one. Do you have any idea what's in this one? <laughs> or what's gonna happen to you when I stick you with it? <laughs> and I will. <laughs> Julie is the MVP, man. And whatever they stuck dealing with, that shit works right away because he started yawning. Has there been any use of recreational drugs in your family? Bitch, what? What the fuck is what type of place is this where they got two security guards for this woman? Two male security guards for this woman. Is this a prison or is this a hospital? Like stop it, man. I'm y'all, I'm throwing I'm somebody getting paws put on them, man. I'm trying to tell you. And my kids involved? What? This man from your films. Freddy Krueger. But that's how all the adults and authority figures are written in the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Like they're they're just they're assholes. Hey, 
Except for Alice's dad in part five. They knocking like Julie's just gonna up and answer, like, hey, I'm sorry about all of that. Heather's looking like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, you know, fucked up now. Freddie came back with the green fedora and the trench coat. I do like his look. My friends used to love when I said that line when we were kids. He's like, I'm scaring you. I mean, she could fly. She's multi-talented. This part fucked me up as a kid, um, cause it was a it was a nod back to when Tina's getting dragged all over the room and when Freddie's killing her, but Freddie just Freddie like like walking on the walls like that. It's insane, and the fact that he looks he's got this new look is is even crazier. And the way they shot it, of course, it's like a, you know, upside down flip type of shot, but it works, man. It works. Mm. That was so sad how he whimpered like that. Oh, that just hurt my heart, man. Heather ain't trying to hear that shit. That nurse has been getting beat up by Julie. Oh man, rest in peace to Julie. But how do they explain that? What do they try to say? Dylan killed her? I mean, if Philip can sleepwalk and get out the hospital, Weston Hills, then Dylan surely can. I drove through that gate. I'm going to get my youngin. You tripping? I drove through the gate, then got out the car. She would have got. Uh, she would have got to him way faster. 
Donata slapped the shit out of him like, yo, it's time to wake up, buddy. This is a fucking great scene right here. When Freddy pops up out the clouds. This is just, oh my God, him walking out into the middle of the road like this. Of course, we can see that it's an effect, but it's still one of those oh shit moments right there. Mm, 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 mm. See, the thing is, that's the thing with Freddy. He played too goddamn much. He can't, ju- he can't just kill people and then just let that be that. He gonna clown around with you and pl- he he played too goddamn much, man. I love that shot of her ducking down when that truck spins past her. This was like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street three when Freddy's like when he when he's got Philip by the by the strings like a marionette. Um, he's up in the, he's up in the sky like in the stars and the clouds and shit. Oh my god! It was like eighteen Freddies running after him. One of them people trying to help her up touched her ass just now. You ain't slick. I don't know why I like this part right here where she's just running towards the house. She she was running in the street and now she's on the curb running to her house. It reminds me of when Loomis sees the Smith's Grove station wagon it parked up and he starts running from the Myers house down to the car. Sorry, I just I like I like shots that make me reminisce on other horror movies. Oh, sorry. What happened to you? Are you alright? I'm fine. I'm just jealous. Where are they? Take it easy. Take it easy. Relax. He's right there. John Saxon's amazing in this movie, man. I really miss that guy. And it wasn't until like a couple years ago I noticed that John Saxon was in Black Christmas. He was the he was the cop or sheriff in Black Christmas. He's he's no stranger to horror. Yeah, sure. It's a nice callback to the original movie where they're on the phone. He said, "Just tell me who did it. I'll go get him, baby." She's like, "Fred Krueger did it, Dad." Yeah, sure. You still on that bullshit? Notice how he just slipped that in there. He said, Nancy. It's turning back into Nightmare on Elm Street all over again. I love how it just, how, how it just, West just slides those lines in there. How he said, Nancy, let's go outside. You know what I'm saying? After he said, yeah, sure. It's all happening right now. Freddy's coming out of the bed and shit. I love this third act, man. People in the, I can only imagine people in the theater like, oh shit now. Nancy, pull yourself together before you make yourself and that kid. Whole outfit changed up. John! Would you call Robert? This is some shit like 
<clears throat> Y'all Fett Kodo Who played Doc In Freddy's Dead Rest in peace Shout out to him This is some shit That he like That he did Or said In Freddy's Dead Where he's like You know Whatever Freddy is He's fucking with the line Between dreams and reality And that's exactly What he's doing in this movie I honestly think Nancy in the first movie, her mom was already crazy before the shit started hitting the fan. I love you too, Daddy. Oh my God! Here we go. Here we go. Oh my god, that shit just gave me chills. That that that's that Nosferatu shot right there where Freddy's claws just extended and he's creeping in the shadow. Definitely some Nosferatu shit. I love that part. I might give this shit a higher ranking than I had planned to. I think had this been in toxic commentary, I probably would have ended up giving this shit like a 20 out of 10 or something like that. Because I forgot how much I really enjoyed this movie. She's back in her, you know, in her pajamas from the first movie. The house turned into her original 1428. I wonder what Jason's address was. Because they showed his house and Jason goes to hell. But, uh... You know, Michael Myers was 45 Lampkin Lane. Nancy was uh 1428 Elm Street. Jason uh Dvorky's property probably was like 187 Boulevard or some shit like that. Just murder, murder, murder. Dylan left the trail of Percocets. Nancy's like, oh, Dylan wants me to get high with him. I don't know. I mean, other than for medical purposes, I don't know how motherfuckers pop pills, man. Like, that shit. Like, I know people that just chew them jones up nonstop. And it's like, how are you not zombified? But to each their own, man. You know? Damn, Rex. We hardly knew him. You gotta think of it, though. How much of a pussy is Freddy that Rex is... He's scared of a fucking stuffed T-Rex. But you never know. Like, again, I go back to Doc from Freddy's Dead. He said, you know, when he gave Lisa Zane's character, Maggie, the, the 3D glasses, she's like, get the hell out of here. He said, he said, you want to live? He's like, these mean nothing here. But in a dream, they could be anything you want them to be. So I'm pretty sure Rex probably looks like Godzilla 
in the dream realm to Freddy. But, bruh, you 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 scared of a stuffed animal? I'd have been taunting Freddy the whole time. I'm dumping them sleeping pills back trying to save my kid. Would have done that Kelly Rowland shit. You're not even scary. You're not even scary. Wouldn't it be crazy if Nancy just OD'd? She never got to save Dylan, and Dylan just became Freddy's best friend in that nether realm, wherever the hell they're about to be. I think, um, with this place is supposed to be where she's about to go, I don't know if. Um, shout out to Wham, um, Mike and Jay over at, uh, we watched the movie. I think they said that this was supposed to be, or Jay said that this was supposed to be like Hades or something like that. Some type of hellish world. I, I, I really can't remember, but something along the lines of that. I'm pretty sure they said something like that. That looks like the, you know, the, the, the fort from, what's that show called? With Troy and Abbott. Community. When they had a fort built all over the community college. That was one of my favorite fucking episodes. Next to the paintball episode. Did they just do the wipeout laugh? Fuck is that? A pterodactyl that was flying? Now, for one, I'm in a nightmare. Two, I can't swim. So I'm telling you, I'd have just, I would have freaked out. Now they could have easily for this for this uh, finale. They could have easily had the boiler room. <clears throat> but I don't know, maybe this is just a different version of it. Because you do have the fire around. Freddy's creeping. Even the pillars are the color of his sweater. I'd never noticed that until just now. Well, some of the pillars. It's an interesting choice. Uh, I would I would love to see like a, a documentary of this, like the making of type of thing. Shut up, Freddy. So you don't let nobody from Philly get trapped in there because they really would just be like, yo, just come out and rumble me, dickhead. Come on out. I've got time for all this scratching in the corner and playing around and shit. Everything she had 
<laughs> she heard Freddy, but she kept reading. She's like, damn, this is a good-ass script right here. This is some of Wes's best work. Dylan almost got stabbed in the throat. Why would you drop the knife? Oh my god. Fucking eels, yo. That's disgusting. <clears throat> I, oh my god. Yeah, if my life's at stake, sure, but I couldn't even touch one of them jaws. And that shit got stuck in his eye. There you go, Nancy. You got a mean swing, baby. Just belted Freddy. Does that say lust? There you go, kiddo. Save Mama Dukes. Good job. That says anger. Yeah, there's just shit written on the walls. I don't think I've ever noticed that either. <clears throat> Listen, me and my kid would have jumped the shit out of Freddy. I'd have told my daughter, like, baby, you know the moves that we always practice? The, you know, the fighting moves? Because I tell her, you know, don't put your hands on nobody, but if you have to defend yourself, sure. That part always scared me as a kid when he just popped up in both places. But no, I'm, me and my daughter would have jumped the shit out of Freddy. Something creepy about when Freddy calls people piglet. This part, this shot scared me as a kid too. Like when Freddy's like limping towards Dylan in slow motion. It reminds me of Nightmare on Elm Street 3 where he's like, they kind of slow the camera down a little bit while he's chasing Kristen in the hallway. I think she's, I think she's carrying a little girl and she's, she steps in a bunch of like gooey, sticky blood and Freddy's like turning the corner all slow. Well, not too, too slow, but. God! I hate that fucking sound. Now, I'm... Listen, he he probably would have got me. Had he would have kept scratching against the, the thing like that, making that little screeching sound, I would have been like, alright, 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 man, I'll come out. Just stop doing that shit. Then I would have ran in another opposite direction. Ugh. She's stepping in the shit that they were feeding uh, Junior Healy in Problem Child. That is disgusting. 
this this was messed up because Freddy was really gonna eat this little dude. God, just crazy. He was gonna eat him. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'd have been, I'd have made the same scared ass face of that, uh, that snake. I don't play around with them things. Ugh. Freddy's will go in the Guinness Book of World Records this is the person with the longest tongue in the in, in, in life. <laughs> Why do he play the psycho music when he tried to stab his tongue? <laughs> that shit just whipped back into his mouth. Now here we get this little you know, it's kind of poetic. The Hansel and Gretel type of, um... I mean, I know I said Hansel once upon a time earlier in the commentary. And Hansel, Hansel, y'all know what the, what the fuck it is, but... Hansel and Gretel type of uh, stuff. I only say Hansel because that's how the chick says it in the movie Witch Hunters with Jeremy Renner. I love that shot of how Freddy just turns into like a demon or a devil type of thing. Goes back to what Wes Craven was talking about with the, you know, Freddy being this ancient evil type of thing. <laughs> Dylan covered his nose before they jumped in the water. Hell of a night. They're saying the witch is dead. His mother caught him with kisses and they were safe. That is a healthy script right there, man. Thanks for having the guts to play Nancy one last time. At last, Freddy's back where he belongs. Regards, Wes. <laughs> where the hell were you at when, uh... When Freddy almost killed us? <clears throat> Is it a story? I'd be like, shut up, man. You see that was on the page. We open on an old wooden bench. There's fire and tools 
and a man's grimy hands building what soon is revealed as a gleaming set of claws. And the claws are moving now, as if awakening from a long and unwanted sleep. Then the man lays one trembling hand flat upon the table, and with his other picks up a thick, sharp blade. First of all, we should be cleaning up and not reading this script. Let's get this room in order and get this crib looking normal again before we start reading this long ass script. Ah, written and directed by Wes Craven. Rest in peace. Shout out to Wes Craven, man. Yo, um, I'm not going to lie to y'all, man. This commentary got a little bit deeper than I had planned. And it's something about when, you know, I could watch a movie regularly by myself and just watch it i can still enjoy it and think about it and stuff like that take my notes in my head but it's something about when i get these commentaries out to y'all and i just can express certain things out loud during the viewing that i, I don't know it's just something that feels different because i'm watching this i watched this movie completely different tonight and i'm honestly going to give this this sequel reboot whatever the fuck you want to call it and I don't know if I've ever gave it this high of a ranking, but I think I might have to really rank the series all over again because I watched this movie, like I said, completely differently tonight. Um, and this is a nine out of ten for me, man. Uh, you know, the Freddy stuff is great. He's hardly in the movie, kind of like the first one, and he's not in the forefront like how they put him in the in the sequels and stuff. There's he's not a fucking stand-up comedian. He's to be taken very seriously in this movie. He's he's scary in this movie there's creepy moments now outside of the freddy stuff the spectacle of the dreams and stuff which is cool it's great like i said the emotional weight of this movie is nothing like we've seen in the nightmare on elm street series and i think that's one of the reasons it sets it apart from the rest of the franchise man because there's heartfelt moments in here that we don't get i mean we get them in the series for sure but oh i didn't know this was edited by patrick lucier either but um it's just something emotional about this movie that hits differently man i don't know if it's because like i i just watch it differently now that i'm a parent but there are certain things and y'all heard it through the commentary this certain parts triggered me to get like really deep into real life shit that i've experienced that was relative to the movie um honestly what keeps this from a 10 is <laughs> I, I i go back and forth man because sometimes i say it doesn't bother me because you had to reset everything but in my heart, it's like, okay, yeah, I was very much attached to the character, so for none of that shit to be canon is kind of disappointing because it's an entire series that they're that they're retconning. So, uh, but I understand why Wes Craven did that. But it's just like, I wish that Nancy could have teamed up with somebody. Maybe she didn't really die in part three, but, you know, we had this, this uh, you know, movie within a movie type of thing, but it is a very strong nine out of 10 for me. Uh, you know, my complaints about it are very minor, but, um, yeah, I really do think I need to rank this series properly now because this shit, this is definitely top five nightmare on Elm street movies. And they've got like what seven, eight, nine, if you really count Freddy versus Jason, but the, th this shit just hits different, man. And like I said, I know there's a lot of people that don't like it, but I personally love this movie, man. And I just love the weight that it holds to it. So again, rest in peace, shout out to Wes Craven, man, forever in our hearts, forever missed. One of the masters of horror, man, shout out to Heaven Lane Camp and Robert England and Miko Hughes, 
Tracy Midden, Middendorf. I hope I'm saying that name right. Rest in peace. Shout out to John Saxon. Everybody that was a part of making this movie, man. Damn, I really, I don't know, man. I think it's just because I was getting this commentary out to y'all, and I know y'all will be tuning into it. Hope y'all will be tuning into it. Uh, that it just hits different for me, man. I really digged this viewing of New Nightmare tonight, people. But um, you know, unfortunately, it's time to let this monster energy drink set in, and it's time for me to experience my own sleep deprivation. Hopefully, I don't suffer as much as Chase and Julie did in this movie. Um, but y'all already know where to go, people. And if y'all don't, y'all can follow the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Public, and Podbean and Podcast Addict. Shout out to Anchor. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Romero Tudors. Shout out to the Facebook movie group, The Cinemaniacs. And shout out to the Facebook movie group, The Horror Virus. And last but not least, shout out to the Tudor reviewers, the listeners, the lovers, the supporters out there. This is all I'm going to say before we cap this off. Oh, shit. I didn't know K. I'm still watching the credits, but I didn't know K&B did the effects for this. Good shit. Shout out to them. I'll be tagging them on Instagram as well. But um, and Wayne Toth, big shout out to him. He did some of the effects for uh, I think Rob Zombie's Halloween and a bunch of other shit. But all I'm gonna say is this: I'm gonna close out with this. We're closer to the 10k than than the last episode I did. People, no bullshit. And it just happened today, and I'm so proud of that, man. I can't thank you guys enough for. I I don't know, uh, you know, like I said, since Friday. Shit's been skyrocketing, so I appreciate the hell out of y'all tuning in. Whoever y'all have been suggesting the podcast to, you know, however many times y'all want to tune in, please feel free to do so. But whatever it is y'all are doing, it's it's working in the most amazing way, man. And I'm just so appreciative, so grateful for y'all to be tuning into this shit. Never thought, man, um, two years later, we'd still be here doing this. Uh, I know I wanted to keep doing it, but I never thought two years later we'd still be rocking and rolling going strong stronger than ever at this point actually because this is really um the strongest that the podcast has ever stood on its own two feet man but that's that's because of y'all man and yet you know thank you guys so much and y'all already know the love and support that y'all show me i show it back to y'all tenfold and then some so with that being said people yours truly romero tudor another episode of tudor reviews in the can i'll check y'all on the next one